standing up in Texas. That's right, McKinney. We are in Texas, the heart of Collin County. This is According to Callus, and I'm coming to you on January the 17th, episode 334, and guess what? It's a Texas Tuesday. <clears throat> Subtitled, Divine Right. A couple of key points we're going to touch on here today are, we rejected kings, we rejected dictators, we can reject an oligarch. And I'm going to also delve a little bit into why there's not a whole lot of difference between them. But before we do, let me remind you that if you found this interesting, educational, entertaining, informative, um, if it was worth your time, I would ask you, press the like button, subscribe to the podcast, comment, and really share, share and share and share. And if you feel particularly motivated, you can go rate. And just as a reminder, I did start a contest. I'm looking for 200 followers on the podcast. I'm nowhere near that number. Got lots of downloads, lots of listens, but I, but I really need the followers. The followers builds the channel, and that's what we need to do to get our message out, to make a point for those who would seem to not really care what we think, what we say, what we do. When they hear my voice and they know they've got a number of people behind me that largely agree with me, they're going to perhaps just reconsider some of their efforts. All right, let's go. We rejected kings. Okay, so when these United States or disunited states, if you want to be tongue in cheek about it, formed our country with 13 colonies that broke away from England, they separated from a king. They they told the king, so let me ask you, why do you think that happened? People have been under kings pretty much for millennia at that time. People had been put under monarchs under the authority of divine right. Now, you might chafe at that and say that that was a creation of the Catholic Church, but no, that long predates the the Catholic Church's influence in monarchy. I mean, the pharaoh in Egypt claimed to be a descendant of Ra, the sun god. I mean, there's been various uh, forms of this that have gone on, and you know, even the the epic of Gilgamesh talks about how their great leader was a giant and was a descendant of a god. It's it's not it, it's not congruent with Christianity per se, but it's not a foreign concept. It's not something that's out there. It's always been around, and we the people, <clears throat> through a course of several centuries came to the determination that we believe that a king has no absolute authority, has no authority granted to him by God. Now, if you're a Christian, you're aware that it says he sets kings up and he takes them down and he puts those people in power that are there. That's true. Nobody's debating that. But what's to say that God's not working through another individual or another group to depose said king. 
What's to say that they're not the 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 agent or the action that God's put in the place? For those of you that will question that, I know that in the revolutionary time period, which is kind of where I'm going with this, the revolutionary time period, there were pagans, there were deists, there were Christians, as we would describe them, right? And there were those people that had conflicting views. They were all generally in agreement that, one, the king hasn't followed through on what he said he was going to do. Two, parliament was abusing their power and was abusing the colonies, and the king had the rightful authority and duty to stop that and interfere with it, and he hadn't. So the colonies took it a step further and said, we can govern ourselves. We don't need you. Go away. This was accomplished with the famed black regiment of preachers, pastors, right? They had the cloaks on and then they would, you know, recruit troops and fight the battle or the war, if you will, either or oracle or, <laughs> wow, need more caffeine. <clears throat> Through their oratory or through their writings, they motivated people and they showed the justification for what they were doing and the rightness of their cause. So we have rejected kings and we rejected the tyrannical overreach of a parliament that ostensibly was working for an answer to said king, Ben Don, and there was good justification for doing that. Even apart from the Christianity side of this equation, I mean, Thomas Paine was no Christian. Thomas Paine was a pagan, but he wrote with great skill and very simple and easy to understand arguments why you don't have to be somebody else's subject. Coincidentally, some of these same arguments were brought up, you know, basically not quite a century later, 80 years, to argue why if some men are free, why all men ought to be free. But you had to first acknowledge, right? So whether you want to go down that path or not, the idea that you reject a king over you is consistent with what we believe in America. The The idea that somebody can control you from a far distant land with no input or very little input has been rejected. Okay. For those of us that are in Texas, Texas history and lore is very steeped in the idea that we were once our own country. In fact, that's part of what the impetus is to once again, recreate an independent country. They, the people that moved here, both Tejanos and Texians, they moved here under a promise and under the Constitution, I believe it's a 1836 Constitution, right? We're going to go here. We're going to settle the land. We're going to do something with it. We're going to make it productive. We're going to inhabit it. And we're going to do, you know, we're going to make it successful. Now, the um, other tribes that were present that weren't part of this uh, Spanish-Mexican uh, aristocracy um they weren't fans of that. Likewise, they didn't like the fact that there were all these guys coming from the east, uh, mostly Texians to settle here. 
But at this time, let's not forget, you had the French, you had the Spanish, and you had the English Empire still floating around in, in influencing events in Central America, and South America, and the Caribbean. So at, at a certain point, you end up with a generalissimo, right? He basically gets to take over uh, in Mexico, and he starts to assert more power and more force on what he wants the Texians and the Tejanos to do in, in Texas. And they didn't care for that. And they said no, and they pushed back. And again, if you're a citizen of Texas, you know more about this than pretty much anybody else in the rest of the country. And honestly, I would hope that most grade schoolers know more about this than I do, but being the state of our schools, which is another issue altogether, I wouldn't bet on it. But suffice it to say, they had an abusive dictator, a tyrant, that tried to enforce or impose his will on the people of Texas, and they resisted, they fought back, they won, and they declared their own republic. So again, there was good underlying reasons why they should do that. They based that on the actions of the colonialists, you know, in the 1780s. 50 years later, they did the same thing, essentially, for much the same arguments, and they won what they should not have won, if you look at it on paper. So it was done, it was established. They threw out another tyrant. So... That brings us today, right now. So we've got, and I'm leaving out the part where we decided to join with the union, then the union broke, and then we were put back into the union. That's all true. That doesn't change the underlying argument. And many of those things happened under duress. You know, sometimes you have to surrender temporarily. Sometimes you have to submit because you have no other choice. But eventually, when given the opportunity, you can reassert your sovereignty. You can reassert your proper authority. And I'm just suggesting that you need to be willing to look at that. There was no divine right for the king. There was no divine right for the parliament under the king. There certainly was no divine right for a military dictatorship So, why would we believe that there is a divine right for a group of people that meet in a building a couple thousand miles away to determine how everybody should live in the entire country of 300 million people plus? Why would we think that's a good idea? I'm here to tell you, Whether you think Texit is viable, whether you support Texit, the real underlying question in my mind is, do we, as individual sovereign human beings, in my opinion, created in the order and in the uh, reflection of God, do we have the ability to determine Who should be our leader? Do we have any input in that? Now, there's historical examples 
again, if you subscribe to the Christian faith, if you look through the Old Testament where the people go to God and he cautions them, you may not want this. This is not maybe the best idea. This isn't what I desired for you, but he gave it to him anyway. He allowed for it. I got to suggest to you that maybe we're at where we're at because we didn't listen. I'm going to suggest to you that while they're talking about this global reset, while they're talking about how we need to basically live like the rest of the third world, their words, not mine, maybe, just maybe, these people don't have anybody's best interests at heart but their own. Maybe, just maybe, these people want to put their boot on your neck. So let me ask you, if you're given an opportunity or a choice, would you fancy or consider the opportunity to stand on your own in my uh, your own with a group of people that agree with you or would you prefer to have the boot on your neck now i know you're saying that's a false dichotomy that's not the way it really is maybe but eventually soft tyranny becomes hard tyranny it's plays out all the time the more they get away with the more they're going to do So again, the underlying question is, do you have a right to determine who your leaders are? Now, for those of you out there saying, no, you can't overthrow the government or no, you can't leave the government or, okay, so you're rejecting the Declaration of Independence. You're rejecting the tenets in the Constitution. You're rejecting the Texas Constitution. You're rejecting two previous wars that were fought to establish independence Why? What's your rationale? What's your reasoning? Why do you think that you ought not be able to make that choice for yourself? So I will put it to you this way. I don't believe Texit is a panacea. I am not their best salesman. I'll be honest. I think Daniel Miller has done yeoman's work. I respect the heck out of the guy. He is built this army and he and his team. And I'm just giving him credit because he's the face man, right? I know there's tons of other people and I blessed to know a few of them. Okay. I respect their motives and their energy. And I think they're on the right track. But when you go and you reject it out of hand, because that makes you a traitor or seditious, really? Are you? Now, I know that's what the loyalists said back in 1780s, 1770s. Well, how dare you question the king? You're a traitor. You're seditious. But the reality was they wanted their independence. They were willing to say, no, we can do this on our own. We we don't have any king in England. What I'm suggesting to you is the reality of the day is, is no different. We don't have a king in D.C., And the parliament that we have in D.C. is clearly abusing their power. They have usurped authority that never was granted to them. If you talk about the Constitution, the Constitution lays out that we, the people, have the final say. When is the last time that we, the people, actually had the final say? When they manipulate results, when they manipulate outcomes, when they manipulate what you see and hear, and it's plainly shown to you that they're doing this, and you still won't wake up and say, we can do better. We should do better. That's a problem. So I want to elevate your mind. I want you to just put everything aside for a moment. 
check out from all the programming you've had and just consider do we really believe that somebody in DC is more fit and better qualified to run our lives remotely than we are experiencing our own lives at this time. And then once you do that, then you're in the right place that you can go in and observe the idea. Should Texas reassert its sovereignty? Should Texas declare independence? That's the question. Would you support that happening? I think that's a fair question. I think it's an appropriate question. I think it needs to be put forth to the people of Texas. And all Texas citizens, those that legally reside here, ought to have a say in it. Because there are going to be consequences. Now, I highly doubt it's going to turn into a kinetic war. But I do suspect there's going to be economic repercussions. I do suspect there's going to be challenges. I do suspect there's going to be legal challenges. All of that is fine and dandy because it's all happened before. And the question is, are we content or are we soft enough that we just no longer care about our individual liberty, our individual sovereignty? Do we just accept where we're at and we have no desire to improve it? So let me ask you, is it entirely possible that when you sit down and you think about it, that if given an opportunity to go to a voting booth where nobody's watching you, where, where nobody's pressuring you one way or the other, that you're willing to put down an honest answer? Yes, I think we ought to be able to act independently. Yes, I think that Texas would be better off governing Texas. Yes, I think that less influence from the feds, less influence from DC, less influence from multinational corporations would be better for Texas. I'm confident that if you are given that opportunity, you're going to be able to come to a clear answer. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that are uncomfortable with that because they like their soft life. They like the protection that they perceive that they have. They like the benefits of a cheap phone or they like the benefits of a Cheap food, which neither is cheap anymore, but you understand where I'm going with this, right? They believe a false truth. Now, I know I'm well aware that Austin is far from perfect. I'm well aware that (laughs) we have our own little mini tyrant as the governor right now. But in fairness, if we look at the other 49 governors, there's maybe two or three that are better than him. So as bad as you or as a liberty lover might say things are, they're not that bad. We still have an opportunity to change course, to improve the situation, but we have to be willing to one, get educated into what our options are. Two, consider the opportunities that are available to you. And three, actually take time to advocate and get involved for the better outcome. I would appreciate and desire nothing more than for a fair and open dialogue to occur of pro-Texit and pro-Remain. That should sound familiar to you. That's what went on just a few years ago 
over in Great Britain. And interestingly enough, the people that tended to vote for Remain liked government. They wanted more government. They were buffeted by the socialists among them. That should be telling. That should give you a clue as to where this would likely go. Yes, we need to fix Texas. Yes, there are lots of people that allegedly represent us that don't do that at all. We need to force their hand. There are other methods to bring about a vote. There are other methods to make this occur that they don't control. But first, we have to give them the opportunity. We have to pressure them. We have to let them know this is what we want. Keep in mind, at no point whatsoever have I demanded that they declare Texas. At no point whatsoever have I demanded that they declare independence. I am going back to the central tenet and core of the argument, which is the people have the right to make this choice. The people have the right to be heard. And when they refuse to listen to the people, when they ignore the people of Texas, whether they agree with them or not, whether when they don't have the faith in the people to put forth the question on the ballot that ought to tell you what you need to know they don't want to listen and they don't care and they're probably fearful of what the answer is so how do we fix it how do we solve it they're doing that right now if you want to find out more you should go to tnm.me that's Texas Nationalist Movement, the first three initials, dot me. Oh, and in case you live in Collin County, by the way, on February 14th, Daniel Miller is going to be here. He's going to talk about Texas. He's going to talk about the constitutional standard. And he's going to talk about how and why it can be done and, and not violate the Constitution. And for those of you that get hung up on the Texas v. White nonsense, the federal government doesn't obey the Constitution ever. Texas rarely obeys the Constitution. So why should we, the people, be bound by a court opinion that, if you want my opinion, was probably done under duress as well? Get educated. Get involved. And push for the change that you want. We hear this from the left all the time. The progressives are really, really good at this. Well, we have to up our game. And I'm here to tell you, it's not going to come easy. It's not going to be a cakewalk. It's going to require time, effort, energy, and money. But you have to ask yourself, are you willing to invest in your future? Do you believe you're going to have a better Texas, a more free Texas, a more economically advantaged Texas? I'm going to tell you, yes, that's all plausible. That's all possible. Current leadership aside, Texas doesn't need D.C. Texas doesn't need the garbage that comes out of D.C. Oh, sure, we love our fellow states. I mean, Texas North, a.k.a. Oklahoma. Texas East, a.k.a. Louisiana, Arkansas. Sure. And do you think that those other states surrounding us aren't going to look over and say, oh, look what Texas did. Things are much better over there now. I don't know. It's just a thought. It's just something you need to consider. You have to come to the conclusion in your own mind that you're worthy of making this decision for yourself, that we, the people are worthy of making the decision for the state of Texas to become a Republic of Texas. And then when you're there, 
you can approach with absolute confidence your opponents, your state reps, your state senators, the governor, the lieutenant governor, and just say, yeah, but this is what we want and you need to give it to us. Because if you don't, we have other means of making this happen. We know we don't need you any more than we need DC, but you're here. We put you here. We would love to work with you. This is what we need from you. Put the question on the ballot. That's a resolution. It's initiative. It's not even binding. It just gives you a feeling of we the people. It tells the people that hide out in Austin, the little swamp, if you will, what we the people want. I don't believe that any one individual is going to ride out on a white stallion and save us all. Save the Lord in heaven when he comes back. But until that happens, that means we have to do the work. That means we have to show up. We have to be willing to be uncomfortable. We have to be willing to do work. And I know those are both big challenges in today's day and age. But that's where we're at. If you want your independence, if you want your liberty, you're going to have to demand it. You're going to have to take it back. This is one piece of that puzzle. Remember, we've rejected a king. We've rejected an abusive parliament. We've rejected a military dictator. We can reject the current oligarchy. We can reject what's going on right now. We just have to be willing to to ask for it. And for those of you out there, you're questioning right now, well, that's great, Stephen. But Callus, what happens when uh, we lose that vote and they, and they shoot down Texas? That's good. That's a good valid point. That just lets everybody else know in TNM how big their job is, how much more work they have to do who they need to talk to, what their target audience is. It's a loss, but it's not the end of the road. The colonists lost battles. The Tejanos and Texians, they lost battles. But ultimately, because their cause was just, because they valued liberty over safety, they were able to achieve their dream. Now, did it get taken away? Did it get, yeah, all that happened, but it took time. And it took our complacency. We, the people, had to quit being involved for that to happen. What I'm suggesting to you is by being reengaged, being involved, taking part, you can find these things out. Oh, and, and just as an aside, if, you, if you're curious about that, right? Yeah, Chris Ann Hall is going to be coming in March in Cowlin County, right here in McKinney, to talk about the Constitution, to talk about the importance of nullification, interposition, and the things the states can do because the state has only granted liver, li, limited, excuse me, the state has only granted limited sovereignty, limited authority to the federal government. Notwithstanding what the feds think and say and do, that's not true. That is what the Constitution says. But if the state's not willing to enforce the Constitution against the feds, there's your problem. And just in one final aside, both of those dates and locations will be posted on my website, my Facebook page, 
Collin County Patriots, we want you to know. We want you to get educated. We want you to see what is what. Don't believe everything you see. Don't believe everything you're told. You have to do your research. You have to understand both sides of the issue and you have to make an educated decision. And with that, this is According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.